Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods. Thank you so much for making space in your week to join us for some basketball conversation. Don't forget, you can stay in the loop with us on social media. Just search on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook for the MVP cast. Now, our guest on this edition is hot foot off the plane from Estonia. Two World Cup qualifiers last weekend for GB's men. Sadly, two defeats no longer in the running for next summer's finals. But... There is promise, there is hope, there is talent coming through, and we've got one of them joining us now. He is, I'm going to call him the Warrington Wizard, Patrick Whelan. Welcome to the MVP cast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I like that nickname. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that then. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about the two games first. I mean, it, was, yeah, it was a narrow defeat to Serbia and Newcastle. I thought you know, the team played really well, particularly you know, in, the, in the second half. You know, tough, tough game in, in Estonia, as you would expect on the road. Um, how do you guys view those those two performances in terms of you know what what you want to particularly as a few players said that at Newcastle coming off Eurobasket and coming off the the performances and probably the disappointment of that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Mark Mark said it after the game. Like we're at the point now as a country where moral victories don't really mean much. Um, you know, we want to go into these games and actually win and um, and try and compete to be in these in these big tournaments. So, um, so yeah, I think I think uh, for us, you know, there are positives and negatives to take away, but um, but really, we want to be winning these games and and we won't be happy until we do. You know, we look look back at Eurobasket maybe at this point. Um, obviously, your first big tournament. Yeah, you know, we're all in Milan, and you know it's the big stage, and you know there's Yanis is there, and it you know it feels but big time. Um. As an experience for you, as a, you know, as a relatively young international player, how do you judge it? Because obviously, you know, it, you want to be in these kind of tournaments, and the eyes of the world or the basketball universe are upon you. But we couldn't sugarcoat it. GB were the lowest ranked team in the tournament, five defeats, and not many games were close. I mean, do you look back on that with mixed emotions, or more pluses and minuses, or the other way around? Um, you know, obviously it was a tough time for, for the team, but, um, but personally, I, to me, it was the coolest experience, like getting to like be around those players and, um, and just see, like, see how they, how they act on the court, how they approach games and stuff. And, um, and then how they execute, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, obviously I think we could have been more competitive. I think that came down to, I don't think enough people talk about the injuries that we had going into the camp. Um, because I think you know having more point guard play would have helped us a lot. But uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely, I, I would say I take more positives than negatives from that from that experience. Yeah. What's it like though? I mean, you're players. I mean, you know, we have this conversation with before the game and or these the games in Milan, and you, you know, it's that thing of we'll treat them like any other team. These players are just basketballers; they're like us. But when you stand back from it, or maybe even after say the Greek game and you're you were in the lineup Giannis didn't play but you know you you get to shake hands afterwards is is there a pinch me moment there um I think it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of weird because 
you're still doing the normal stuff you would do after a game like you know <laughs> shaking hands is it's just normal so to me it kind of just it kind of just felt like I, I i wouldn't say i was i was thinking about it too much you know i was trying to i was more thinking about the game in that moment than um than you know like while well, i'm shaking hands with the honest you know what i mean so um so yeah it was kind of it's kind of not until you reflect on it afterwards do you see like um like do you see how how cool of a moment that that probably was um and i will say i, I have a lot more respect for for Giannis after that game even like i remember we were sat on the bus and um and obviously there were hundreds of people waiting for him after the game and he literally went down and signed every single person's autograph and like um and and yeah it took like legit a couple hours after the game to to do all that so i thought it was really cool and um and definitely you know he's he's where he's where he is for a reason and definitely an inspiration when i interviewed mark stool after the game against serbia and i asked him about your emergence and this is what he had to say you know pat pat did a great job and you know he probably feels like he he, he wanted to do that down the stretch and you know the, these these opportunities uh, at this level are it's about probably lived experiences with with the team uh, and different personnel and i think the, the blend of guys this week in terms of experience and youth. Uh, I think, you know, the future of the programme's exciting. Um, and like I say, I keep, you know, talking about the guys that have, particularly the guys that were there in the summer and, and you know, had that experience and have come back in. And, and, you know, someone like Pat who came in, he's been positive all week. You know, he provided energy um, off the bench, some real shooting. And I think the more experience he has at this level, you know, the better he's going to be. And we want to see him in a GB, GB jersey for a long time. Now, when you, you hear that, and you know, it's, it's praise. There was lots of praise there. But how, how important is it not only to get this experience from from G, but the encouragement of those around the national team? Yeah, I mean that's it. That's 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 a that's a big deal for me. Um, and you know, Mark is Mark is a great coach um, through and through. And um, I think the best thing he does is is he keeps his players confident and. And really gets us ready to go and gets us um, gets us motivated um, to play. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's really cool for me to to hear that. Um, and yeah, for me, it's, it's it's about building upon these experiences and, um, and getting better at this level. I'm gonna put you a wee bit on the spot here. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's gonna be a view of the setup and the performance team and the coaching team after these past two games. I'm not going to ask you to choose sides here or anything, but you know, as as part of this coming generation, and probably there has been a bit of a changing of the guard with the likes of Dan retiring. What sort of coach do you feel will get the best out of this group or those coming through to this group as we move forward into the next Eurobasket cycle? Yeah, I think I think it's important. Um, we talk all all the time about having consistency as as in terms of like the players who who are there, and I think it's it's uh, it's important now that we have a consistent um, consistency in the coaching and uh, a coach that that really cares about developing uh, us as players and and seeing us succeed. So um, so yeah, I would say for the next few years that should be the main goal. When you look back at your start in and around Warrington and Manchester. To where you've come now. You're 26 now, and you know, married man as of last summer. Man. We'll talk about that. I am. And <laughs> how, how big an accomplishment for you is it to have played for GB? You know, 
be at this you know, your major place your own now. I mean, you're you're a fixture in this team. I mean, from where you started, you, where do you rate that as as a significant achievement? Yeah, I mean, uh, coming from Warrington is 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 really not uh it's not easy. Um, there's not a lot of access to courts and stuff. Um, I remember my brother would go in before I didn't go to the local high school. My brother would go in before school and and be able to get shots up at like you know six a.m. Sometimes we'd break into the school after um, <laughs> after everyone had left and try just try and get some try and get some shots up. Um, you know, otherwise it was taking three or three buses or two buses and a train into Manchester and trying to um, trying to get maybe an hour workout in at the performance center or whatever. So um, for me, it it really kind of kind of puts things into perspective um, of in terms of like the sacrifices that I made growing up and, and the time I spent, you know, on public transport and, you know, going, going out on my way in order to just to get, you know, a couple hours working and, you know, hopefully it's easier now. Hopefully, you know, kids have a lot more access, but, um, but yeah, if, hopefully there's something, you know, I can do in the future to help that. So, yeah. Jordan, of course, pretty decent hooper by himself. Was it? Manchester last year was playing down in the the NBL this season. I mean, there's there's two and a half three years gap between the two of you. But how how vital was he? Is he still in you becoming the player that you are? Yeah, um, I I always say that like yeah he went he went first and I I I was able to kind of learn from his mistakes a little bit. Um, yeah, he was definitely a definitely a, a great player and um, someone I looked up to, you know, in in terms of going to the states and stuff and and having a good college career and um, yeah, I was always learning from Jordan and and trying to you know maybe be better better than him in in areas that and I think that really like spurred me on to be honest. Yeah. When you say you want to be better, how competitive was this scrap for supremacy? <laughs> yeah, it, it was always competitive. Um, I mean, when I when I used to see him, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Manchester Magic setup, mm. but you always play you always play a year up, um, as like in order to like gain more experience. Uh, so, so our team when you know we played his team, we were always going at it. And um, as a younger brother, it's kind of a win-win, right? You know, you 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 score. <laughs> and everyone's you know laughing at him like oh your brother's gonna be better and then you know if 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 he has a good game it was like oh, it was supposed to happen so um so yeah no it was it, it was no pressure i think he he definitely took the pressure off me uh, as a basketball player for sure how often do you, would you know, would you guys i don't know get up early in the morning as you said get the bus after school to, you know together i mean did that become the thing that you did in terms of pushing each other on was you know practice putting each other through practice testing each other right yeah uh definitely over summers um i would say that was the only time we were we were always in the gym together um you know always always working out together trying to teach each other what we've been learning through the season and stuff um and even to this day like during the summers we'll we'll go at each other and pick up and um and yeah it's, no it's always fun uh, especially especially now that we're older, it gets a little more chippy. So, um, so yeah, we probably got we probably both got a little more ego than we used to have. 
I mean, last year's BBL Cup final, which yeah, you won't mind me calling, pointing out last year yeah. one. Um, yeah. The first time you guys have ever faced off on a game. So how? What is? What was the dynamic of that week, that day? Yeah, um, I remember there was a lot of media, a lot of media coverage. Mm. Um, but uh, no, in the game it was. It, it was kind of cool. It was kind of it caught me off guard a little bit. I didn't think I'd find it as, as strange as I found it, to be honest. But um, but yeah, no, it was it was fun. A lot of banter from the crowd too, which I which I loved. So um, so yeah, no, it was a, it was it was definitely a good time. But uh, it it threw me off guard a little bit. I will say. How many times since have you reminded him of that game? Um, not enough, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably should bring it up a little more. Maybe, maybe this Christmas, or we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat about it or something. Yeah. There's your Christmas card photo. Yeah, you with the trophy. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you you were one of three brothers and four siblings. Um, you had an elder brother, both of you, Daniel, who, who very tragically passed away when you were eleven, and Jordan was was fourteen. Um, I mean, moments like that. You know, it's yeah, I guess you never forget, you never lose that feeling of loss. How how much did that bring the two of you together? Yeah, definitely, uh it definitely did. Um, especially at that time we were both younger. Um we I think I would say we both kinda needed each other through that time. Um you know, obviously it was it was tough for my parents, but I think uh I think sometimes you know, people would see us and and would kind of almost pity us, and and I think for us it was just you know be being there for each other and uh, and you know motivating each other through through the, through that through that challenge. So um, so yeah, really really uh, really glad he was around. My sister too. Um, you know, we all we all came a little bit closer because of that. How are you? How do you cope with that? Because especially at the age of eleven, I mean, it's just not something you ever expect. I mean, because you know, it was quite. It was an out of the blue thing. Yeah, um, it was honestly a good uh, a good support system that got us through. You know, good friends. Um, there was a lot of times, you know, my my mom and dad would be away and or they'd be out doing something, and uh, we'd have people to take care of us during that time. Um, I remember right after they went to Spain, and my dad's family uh, came back from Derby uh, to Manchester, and uh looked after us for for a few weeks so um so yeah it was uh it was a it was a tough time but you know a good support system around us really really helped us through as well as having each other you know um knowing being with people who have you know obviously been through the same thing and are feeling the same as you um you can all empathize with each other and um and you know how each other are feeling so uh so yeah that was again a big a big part of of coping with that What's what's the things that you t- you took from your brother when you look back? You know, do, is there things that you hold on to? You know, things that he taught you, influenced you, or you know the the little things that you know big brothers are supposed to pass on. Yeah, um, I would say the main the main example he set was um, Daniel was always you know living life to the fullest. Like um, anytime he went somewhere, he was always you know, appreciative of, of, of what he was doing and where, and where he was going. And, um, and another, another key thing he taught me was, um, was how to make people around me 
you know, enjoy themselves and how to make them happy. You know, every time he was in a room, he would, he would try and, you know, be, <laughs> he'd be a, a, the joker a little bit. And, um, and, you know, he would always, always encourage people and always, um, always keep them smiling. So, um, so yeah, his, his joy was definitely something that I'll, I'll carry over the rest of my life, hopefully. You mentioned your parents and the, the strength that they gave you as well. I mean, you've, you, you'll see when you are kids and you want to do well in a sport there's always parents and we always see this with olympians you know we we see the the gold medals or we see the successes but we always forget sometimes that the parents are so huge in getting them to that point and you 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 two hoopers in your family Um, how much can you quantify the contribution they have made because i'm guessing they probably racked up a fair bit of miles behind the wheel Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough to quantify really. Um, I just hope one day, you know, I I can I can do something to repay them, or um, you know, hopefully they're proud of, of of everything that me and my brother and my sister are doing. So um, yeah, it's it's tough to quantify. Obviously, a lot of miles, uh, a mile a time spent behind the wheel, and a lot of miles put in, but um, but also just like you know, looking after us when maybe we're miserable after a game or, um, you know, cooking so much food for between me and my brother, like, uh, to, to make sure we're well-fed and, um, and stuff, you know, make sure we're, we're, we're ready to go, especially when we're growing. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, definitely, it's definitely tough to quantify, but, um, but no, they were there every step of the way. And, uh, you know, probably the main reason why we've been able to succeed. Other thing is that often helps in sport is genetics, and I, when I was reading and you know ahead of this podcast, I tucked away at the bottom of your biography from college was your mother Catherine's accomplishments as a basketball player, and this is this you can tell us exactly how this was done and done, but she she played for Cameroon, I mean FIBA some point as they do on a regular basis they create these lists she was named as one of africa's top 10 players of the last half century i mean this is huge tell me about your mum. yeah so um my mom was uh obviously she grew up in cameroon um she actually played for the national team i i want to say at the age of 16 um which obviously doesn't happen you know very often um and then she went on to captain a national team. She played in the Ivory Coast for a little bit. Um, uh, before she came to England, she went to uh, Salford University, which is where she met my dad. And um, and yeah, the, the the rest is history, really. Um, I think she she could have uh, accomplished more, but she had some knee problems um, uh, at some point in her career. And um, and yeah, no, her, her love for the game she definitely passed down to us, and um, and yeah, she taught us a lot of a lot of what we now know. How um, much have you been able to find yeah. out about her career? I mean, is is there anything on YouTube? Is there you know artifacts, keepsakes that she she's kept that you've been guys have been able to see growing up? Yeah, so so we we found a lot of, of photographs. Um, our house was like littered with trophies growing up. Um, we didn't really know what they meant. Like we couldn't, we couldn't. I probably couldn't tell you this to this day, but um, but yeah, no. There's a ton of pictures, a ton of um, 
yeah, a ton of memorabilia, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, that she was, she was this amazing player and, um, and yeah, her career, her career went, went down a crazy path. She actually told me one time, um, about her having an offer to go to Georgetown, mm. uh, to play basketball that she, uh, that she, for whatever reason turned down. I can't remember the exact reason, but, um, but she 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 felt she was supposed to come to England and um and yeah I'm glad she did. Did you um did you ever play her one on one? Uh yeah, so actually several times when I was a kid. <laughs> um, I remember like her. We had this. We had like a basket right on our driveway, and we had like concrete slabs on our driveway. Um, and I remember her teaching me how to do layups out there. So she'd like color in different blocks, and you know. We do like different different layup drills when I was a kid and stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 one of the vivid memories. And then I remember I remember actually like some of her friends came over one time who she played basketball with, and and me, Daniel, and Jordan had a three on three versus her and her friends. So, yeah, <laughs> it's good times. Have you had a chance to go back to Cameroon with her at some point and get a sense of what well, yeah? people's respect i'm sure for a reverence, you know, reverence of you for the accomplishments yeah we've not actually a lot of her family lives in france um now as you could probably understand um but uh but yeah no hopefully hopefully soon we'll, we'll be able to head back and see some of my other cousins who are still uh still in cameroon and and see you know learn learn a little bit more about how she started and and how how she how she got going and playing for the national team and stuff like that yeah that'd be really cool how much was um much was basketball the dominant factor in your house um quite a lot i, I would say <laughs> i would say uh i would say every any given night growing up there would be a parent and a child not in the house because of basketball so um, my dad was pretty much five five times a week going going into Manchester and and taking us to play basketball and um, yeah I respect I respect him for that because that was that was probably not an easy time for him so yeah yeah I mean, you've you've had a, the opportunity as often basketball gives us to you know to see the world and travel to new places I mean you, you had your spell in college at William Jewell and then you, you went to Real Murcia and the, the Spanish that, that started off in the Spanish third tier and ended up in the Spanish second tier um, I mean a lot of p- players I mean that's, I guess were more adventurous perhaps in the past but you know a lot of players don't want to go to a foreign country where they might not speak the language and the culture's different and you, you come out of college and you know it really seemed especially when you spend three years at the same club clearly something's going right clearly they like you was that an experience you were able to embrace yeah most definitely um i would say it helped for me to be in a in a city that was you know an actual city instead of you know being out there in in some of these places where you know you can feel a little bit isolated um so yeah no we had uh i had i made some good friends around around the city and around the town and um, was in a really cool place, and I think that, as as well as the professionalism of the club, um, kept me there for three years. So yeah, definitely, definitely embraced the experience, and um, and it was it was amazing. It was a lot of fun. How important was that, you know, personally to to do that and professionally? Because you, know, you were a relatively small university, 
but then you know to, to go pro you know you, you probably need a different level particularly in europe i mean what did they teach you or add to your sort of basketball education um yeah i would say i learned i learned different things i would say from each year my first year was uh i learned a lot about you know the the style of the game and uh you know what it what it is to play to play like the spanish the spanish style of basketball you know in terms of the the ball screens and the pick and rolls and and more of the coach's game um uh second year was 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 building off that and and learning how to be you know maybe more more of an efficient player more of a consistent player um obviously that was stopped a bit short by covid but um but yeah that that's what that year really taught me and the third year was really like mentally challenging for me as a player um i remember there were there were times when you know stuff wasn't going right and um that's when i probably made the biggest decision in my sports career was was seeing a sports psychologist and and learning more about the mental side of the game and um working with him a little bit and and yeah that that really that really changed my game i would say what were um, you finding toughest yeah um it was the 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 demand to perform i would say um like i i would be out there and rather than playing like myself i would play uh as if i didn't want to make any mistakes and and be very safe and um and not you know not aggressive aggressive enough and and that you, you know you can't ever really play like that like you're like you're in a box so um so yeah that that year really taught me how to you know be free as a player and um how to express myself on the court like i wanted to when you speak to a psychologist you know and the mind battle is so important in a, an elite sport what how easier or difficult is it to open up and delve into these things because you know players by their nature there's there's that ego there's that you know willingness or desire to be impregnable to be superior to be you know consistent what's the process that you have to go through to unlock the difficulties to then find the solutions um yeah i think i think it is about being open me i'm a very i feel like i'm a very open person by by nature so so that part wasn't wasn't the most difficult part to me i think the the hardest part would be you know to 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 kind of figure out that you that's like what you actually need you know um and once i realized that that most of the best players have this kind of work and are doing this work on a regular basis then um you know it it was clear to me that, that that was what i needed and and that was a part of part of my game that was missing so um so yeah yeah when we got into the sessions and um you know i realized how much <laughs> how much i was doing wrong in terms of my approach to games and stuff and um and stuff like that it was it was really a, a an easier fix than i thought it would be to be honest what's the biggest takeaway i remember that learning from it? you know someone that's listening to this and you know is trying to improve themselves i don't know it can be as a person if you know or, or an athlete what what what's the biggest thing that it taught you that's helped you as as a an elite performer um i would say like to, in order to be consistent in in games and that's something you know i try and pride myself on is is consistency um you need to have like a consistent approach uh 
in terms of what you're trying to get out of games and and how you're trying to um how do I say it? how you how you you know how you act leading up towards the game and during the game what it is you're trying to get from um from the game so uh so yeah a consistent a consistent approach goes goes a very long way in terms of consistency and i would say that um if anyone is struggling with that kind of thing or like you know maybe maybe they're anxious on the court or um whatever it may be i would say to to go and see a a psychologist sooner rather than later because you know it's 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 almost like an injury you know for me it's it's the same thing like you 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 hurt your hamstring you do rehab you know it's, it's to me it's the same thing so yeah when you came home last year you signed for Leicester and you know it's it's a great level but there's a you know there's an adjustment the BBL and the LEB are very different in terms of style of play but you know, you came in and across almost every statistical category you improved dramatically was was this league I don't want to say that if it, it felt easy but you know, do you feel that you come in with a comfort level that allows you to flourish in the BBL or is it simply that it is an easier league? Yeah, I think there's elements of, of all these different things. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Leb, Leb Gold is, is a very tough league. It's, you know, and, you know, my team also made the playoffs. We were, we were a very good team. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously a very tough league, but, um, but also I think now, we're seeing more of my like improvement during that time showing on the court. Um, I think that's another component component of it. Um, I think if I would have been in in Leb Gold for another year, you would have probably seen my numbers go up again, um, regardless of uh, regardless of where I was at. So um, so yeah, I would say that, that that was a big deal. And also, finally, I would say. The coaching in um, in Leicester is is honestly some of some of the best I've had to this day. Um, you know, uh, Rob and Pablo and um, and now Matt, they all they all keep us keep us feeling confident, and um, I think that's a big that's a big part of it. Um, everyone you know comes in feeling comfortable, comes into games with the right kind of approach. So. Um, so yeah, I would say those those three components are, are what really drove the improvements in my performance for sure. Did you come in with those kind of expectations, or even from conversations with Rob and and, and Pablo about you know what your role would be, or the you know, things that they would work with you on to to improve you and to to allow you to take on a bigger role? Yeah, no, definitely uh, conversations with those guys. Um, I think for me it was the big, the most important thing was that I, I knew I was going to be somewhere there where I was going to play. Um, obviously, I knew Leicester was one of the one of the top teams, and um, for me, I never really never really feel comfortable if I'm if I'm sat on the bench for for too long. So, um, so yeah, um, definitely for me being being someone that where where I was playing and having those conversations with Robin um, and knowing that I was in a place where you know, the club really wanted me to succeed was was a, a big deal. You've gone up again in lots of stats again this year, I mean, point, points among them. And you said, I love to quote back people's tweets, but I know that I still have more to prove. 
what did you feel coming into year two in the BBL that you had to prove? Um, I think it was it was just kind of that that I was, you know, I wasn't I wasn't done, you know, that that I had still more to give and um, and that I could take a you know maybe an even bigger role and um, hopefully lead the team a little bit more to uh, to more silverware. I think that's always that's always the goal for us. So. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, definitely in, in year two now, I'm, um, you know, looking to push the envelope even more. I mean, you guys are the defending league champions and, you know, you treble last year. So three trophies to defend I and mean, your league table now, London seven and two, Bristol seven and three, you guys in third and in six and three. And yep, we all had this sort of sense this season that London might run away with it. And here they are with two defeats and it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, this competitive, but you know, coming into the season, I know that Rob's never going to go. Let's just roll over and play for second. But how much did you guys talk about taking this fight to London to kind of not just handing off these trophies? Um, to be honest, we didn't. We didn't really talk about it. Um, I think, regardless, it's 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 still about us. I think if we play as well as we as well as we know we can, we'll be we'll be in any game pretty much. So. Um, so for us, it was it was mainly just focusing on us. And even when you know we had a we had a pretty poor start to the season, um, we realized like it wasn't really what anyone else was doing. It was what we were doing that was that was kind of hurting us. So um, so yeah, mainly we just focused on ourselves, and um, I think that's the best way to approach it. To be honest, do you feel it's it's anyone's title? It can be riders' title. It can be riders' trophies. Yeah, I, th- I think it can be. Um, you know, I think you're seeing now that um, maybe with London's schedule and, um, you know, other other teams in the league are, are good also. Like, so um, I honestly think it's, it's, it's all to play for. And, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it, for sure. Um, I mean, you know a lot of those guys at Lions. You're in GB teams with most of them. Um, is there any sort of banter, trash talk going back and forth yet, or is it too early? Oh no, there's a lot. There's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot from from the likes of Luke Nelson, even this last one, Josh Sharma. Um, yeah, they they were definitely uh, coming at us, and and yeah, they were. Yeah, but it's all banter, man. It's all fun. I like those guys. They're good people. So um, yeah, we kind of have fun with it. Even I'm sure in the game we'll have fun with it. So um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I mentioned earlier on you get you got married in the summer to to the lovely Lindsay and you know, you, you want full wedding photos you can head to uh, to Pat's Instagram. Um, how um how long had that been in the making? Um, me and Lindsay had been together for four years before we got married. Um, um, yeah, four and a half, something like that. Um, started started dating in our senior year of college and. Um, yeah, then did long distance for a while. So, uh, so yeah, that was tough. But yeah, we made it. What was more nerve wracking, um, GB debut or speech? Um, probably, probably the speech. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably the speech. I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always more excited to play basketball. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I get nervous a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's more just just nervous excitement. Um, 
and you know sometimes during the wedding you, it was it was nerves nerves it wasn't you know <laughs> so much excited nerves so yeah <laughs> how much much is it good to, as a player i mean yeah you, you don't you don't know where your this career will take you for the next five ten years even but you know, is it is there a certain help benefit i don't want to put it in those ruthless terms but you know in, in having that stability at home now that you've got someone that you know, will follow you around and be there as that support even if you're you're changing teams or countries yeah i think it's it's definitely uh important in in terms like you've got someone to come back to after you know things may not have gone your way or you've had a bad practice or you know you just need you feel like you need some support in in any way and and they're just around so um definitely makes things easier and um i definitely enjoy having her around in person rather than uh, on facetime so yeah the game last weekend there was a comment i made afterwards and I, yeah, a few people were like no please tell me you're wrong but the performances now you've you've improved so much as a player even over the last as you said season and a bit that i think and therefore yeah Therefore, that's a completely inexpert opinion. But, you know, others may or may not agree. But you will at some point move on to a bigger league or a different league. In, because probably you will be, you're at that point where you, know, you should be getting offers from bigger and better leagues. Do, do you have that ambition to test yourself? You know, in the likes of ways that maybe that Miles Hessen's done or you know, Obi Soko's done or Jordan Williams has even done this year, to to go back abroad again, to, to try and find that another that another level to challenge yourself? Yeah, always. Um, you know, I, I mean I always say like your career is short, you really have to you have to make make what make the most of it and and do do the best you can. Um, but I will also say, you know, the the BBL has been has been getting better and um, hopefully they can have more teams competing in Europe and I would love to see the British basketball scene really really grow um, grow more but but yeah wherever wherever I feel like is you know the biggest growth opportunity uh, for me I think I think that's 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 where I'll where I'll be for sure. Is that, is that personal growth or cash growth? <laughs> Maybe both <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, but no yeah definitely the best the best opportunity take for sure and um be be around the right people to hopefully help help push me towards um towards being an ambitious player and and reaching the reaching my potential what do you think this league there's been a lot of you know new marketing and you know investment etc what more would this league have to offer for you to go you know what this i can't see any reason i'd want to leave this league yeah, I think um, I think it kind of just has to continue growing at, at the rate it's grown. I think you know the league this year I think is as, is as strong as it's been. Um, you know, obviously the most talented team in the league, London, are, are, get, are being challenged by probably every team out there. You know, in, in some way, shape, or form. So, um, so yeah, just to continue to be to be competitive and to compete in in european leagues and to to gain more um to gain more exposure i think is is the next the next step for this league for sure um i would also say that you know other stuff needs to improve around the league maybe coaching should could could be improved a little bit um 
in terms of you know learning how to how to play that different style of basketball and um and how to be competitive in in these big leagues and you know say one one year we might have a champions league team or maybe even two or three and and that'd be great to see and i think that'd be a a measure of how far the coaching's come do you think with one thing that someone said last week do you think there is that still that improvement off the court that needs to be made in terms of backups and you know insurance and healthcare and all that kind of stuff Leicester do it very well but it's not quite across the board in a way that you would have found in Spain yeah I think definitely um I think one thing that that would improve improve the league is um you know having players on you know fully guaranteed contracts that way you know I think the coaching would improve um because they'd have to recruit the right players and you know if if they if they maybe didn't initially think that was the right fit then you know they'd have to you know improve their coaching style in terms into uh and bring that player along and um yeah I think I think that that kind of protection around the players um could be better in the league and um and hopefully hopefully it will be in the future fingers crossed fingers crossed that the bbl is on the same trajectory as as you are which is upward but we uh, i'm sure we uh, we'll hope that continues for gb and uh, for Leicester as well and um, great talking to you as always pat and um, thanks so much for joining us on the mvp cast yep cheers thanks for having me that is it for this edition of the podcast you can get all our previous editions at mvp247.com or via your preferred podcast provider if you want to reach out to me you can get me on twitter at mark Brittball. another edition of the mvp cast coming very soon but for me mark woods thank you so much for listening and it's goodbye